0: Hey folks, this is Scott, back for another uh, week of Casey Greats, and I'm privileged this week to meet with somebody very unique that has a role that a lot of us probably don't understand, or or really have an idea of what goes on behind the scenes. This week I get to talk with Marie Dispenza, who is the director of the Royals Charities Organization. So Marie, hi, how are you?
1: Great, thanks for having me today, Scott.
0: Awesome, it's... Uh, I know it's a busy time around here. It kind of feels like an anthill coming into Kaufman and seeing everybody coming and going, even though it's the off season. Exactly. <laughs> People
1: ask. That's a question I get a lot: is What do you do in the off season? And I just laugh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I bet there's a lot. Yeah, you know, there is. Yeah, you guys have have been very busy lately, obviously, with mm-hmm. things that that aren't as great. Yep. You know, we're just coming off unfortunate um, loss of your Don Ventura. Yes. And I'm, I'm guessing just from a few minutes of, of watching people walk in and greet each other that I just get a family feel right off the bat here, and that probably hits pretty hard, doesn't it?
1: Yes, it does. Um, admittedly, my reaction to um, hearing the news that Yordano had passed was stronger than I would have even imagined, yeah. um, which reminds me that even though there are days where you might not like your family that much, you love them very much, yeah. and uh, no matter what, we kind we stand together around here.
0: Well, it, you can feel that just walking in, sure. and that's that's kind of kind of why I, I really kind of wanted to get a chance to chat with you is just to get an idea of behind the scenes here, sure. things maybe other than baseball that we see. Yeah. But anyway, I I jumped in too fast. What <laughs> I, I'm always curious: Are you a Kansas City native, or or were you transplanted here, or what?
1: So I wasn't born here. Admittedly, I was born um, outside of Cleveland, Ohio, but I have been here for 30 plus years now. So this is home sweet home. Um, I very much am a part of, I'm very excited to see the Uh, The pride that has been instilled in the hearts of Kansas Cityans for Kansas City—it truthfully wasn't like that when I was growing up, and so even yeah, it really has changed. And from the T-shirts with hearts and the KC to just the pride that I see in the city, it's—it's been something to to be here for 30 years and see that happen.
0: Very cool. So you came up through. You know, local high school and stayed around for college, if I remember right.
1: I did. Right. I went uh, just as far away as Lawrence, Kansas. Awesome. <laughs> um, which at the time felt like too far. And <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, yes, I got my undergraduate degree at KU, um, I studied Journalism at the time, journalism hadn't quite um, now journalism is all sort of about a, a broad-based can you do the web? can you do print? Can you do all of it? Um, when I was in college, it was still sort of focused on one area and radio was actually my my focus, broadcast journalism, um, and then went on to UMKC to get my law degree.
0: Oh, what a cool mix. Mm-hmm. Those two things uh, it's it's an interesting interaction. It is. <laughs> Very neat. So after that, you've been, you know, you're Royals Charities mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. but you've been involved in quite a few of uh, local nonprofits in over your career, haven't yes. you?
1: that's right. Um, even when I practiced law, I practiced for Legal Aid of Western Missouri. So I okay. was a practicing attorney for a little while, but I was with a nonprofit. Um, and then took some time to kind of clear my head, decided what I wanted, or think about what I wanted to do next. And this is a silly part of the story that some people know, but not, not publicly sh- shared that often. <laughs> um, my boyfriend and I adopted a dog from Wayside Waves, and he, he and the experience at Wayside Waves changed our lives. And that is what actually got me into the nonprofit sector, is no I kidding. wanted to start doing volunteer work for Wayside. I wanted to give back to an organization who had given me such a great gift. Um, And one thing led to another, first it was volunteer, then it was some contract work, and then a full-time position came open, and that's how I made my leap into the nonprofit sector.
0: What an amazing path. It's a really cool story. Yeah. what kind of dog? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, he's he's a he's a mutt, um, but we think he's like a no a, a poodle schnauzer mix. He's a little terrier. Looks just like Toto. He's he is. Uh, we sometimes call him the Tobin the Terrible Terrier, but he is absolutely a, he's a delight in our lives.
0: <laughs> so he's still around.
1: hopefully. He, he is he is, but he is getting older. Okay. Um, but we have a second one at home too, so we keep ourselves busy with our That's
0: dogs. <laughs> awesome. I'm guessing he has a personality bigger than his body.
1: That's right. They both do.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, what a really cool origination story. So, yeah. you know, how long were you with Wayside Wakes? I was
1: actually only with them for um, a year. Okay. Um, and then I moved on to Rose Brooks Center and did some oh. work there. Part of my interest um, at the time, and I, and I, again, I'm an open pet lover, um, at the time they were getting ready to open a pet shelter to help women escape domestic violence and I thought that that was a critical piece of the puzzle because I knew how much I cared about my animals and if I were in a situation where I had to leave I'm quite sure that I wouldn't leave them behind and I thought that was just such a remarkable step that was taken by Rosebrook Center so I I wanted to join their, their crew and 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 um, you know I guess make domestic violence uh, a more Relevant topic: Have people be mm-hmm. able to speak out about it and let people know that we're thinking about the things that women really need to help escape those situations.
0: Wow! I, th- yeah, that's an interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. I never would have thought that. But, I mean, when you think about how how close we are to our pets nowadays, I know. unfortunately, I could see someone sitting in a bad situation and saying, "I, what am I going to do? I yeah. can't go because of
1: yeah." and you can not and as we well know when it comes to violence oftentimes the violence extends to the pet and they know that there's no yeah, way that they would horrible. they would leave that behind and and that's we want we want women to do what's what's safe for them what's best for them and and forcing them to make a choice between an animal that they love and yeah. and, and abuse is just not fair so no. i so i just i just loved their their love their, their foresight their their thoughtfulness on that issue
0: That's a really unique track. I didn't yeah. even know that 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 focus existed. Yeah. So really cool. Well how did all that bring you to working <laughs> with baseball? That's, that's well,
1: a new thing. <laughs> truthfully, um, I wasn't, you know, I was, I don't even know what I was doing. I was just kind of looking through Indeed.com. I tell everybody that I was looking at Indeed no for way. no good reason. I really wasn't thinking about, I might have been thinking about where I wanted to go eventually in my career, but not any sort of immediate move that's at the time. a lunchtime browse. Exactly. Um, and uh, I just saw this. Position and it said director of royal's charities. I read the job description. I thought, I could, I could do that job. I, I like sports. I was uh, the president of the sports and entertainment law society in law school. Like, cool. You know, I, I, admittedly, baseball wasn't my most favorite sport at the time, but I very much considered myself a fan of sports. Um, and I, I thought, okay, I, I could do that. But then. I got scared, and I didn't apply for a little while. I thought, I think I actually was afraid I might get the job. (laughs) Um, Because I knew it would be a big responsibility. I did. But eventually, I applied. Um, I tell people all the time, I sent anybody I could think of that I knew at the Royals organization, I sent an email and said, hey, might you put in a good word for me? I'd recommend anyone else do the same. (laughs) Um, And sure enough, I got called in for an interview. And I think I think that at the time, they were really looking for someone they they knew the foundation was poised to grow at that point Mm -hmm. they were looking for someone who could not only manage the (laughs) forward-facing aspects of a foundation and being in the community and building programs and events and fundraising and all that but they also knew they'd need someone um, to really handle the back end, the stuff that nobody sees when a foundation's going to double in size in a short amount of time, um, and my my law background I think helped with that so um yeah, I would
0: imagine
1: so i th- I think it was a i think it was a perfect storm <laughs> and i will i will tell you as I was driving away from the stadium after my second interview, I thought to myself oh i I think I might actually get that job <laughs> when and you know at first it was sort of just a Oh, what the heck, I'll, I'll see if they would, if that sounds like a yeah. fun job, I'll see what happens. So,
0: Well, that's really cool because that kind of brings me to one of the things I, I wanted to, to bring out of this mm-hmm. is the getting the message to the community mm-hmm. for you guys, you have a ready-made platform. Mm-hmm. So that helps. Yep. People know the Royals. Sure. It's a great brand mm-hmm. and you get to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, you said the organization was really poised to grow, so... There's a lot of back end to this Mm -hmm. that we don't see when we go out to the ballpark, right?
1: Yes, there is. (laughs) How
0: how big is just the Royals charity organization?
1: Well, I will say that we have still, we've continued to keep it pretty lean, Mm -hmm. um, but that said, one of the biggest areas of growth has been the 50-50 raffle that people see in the stadium. And so that's something that people don't think about. Um, I, I typically call it an easy way to raise money, but that easy is just what it looks like on the outside not from what we do on the inside <laughs> um, so that included you know hiring um, an entire staff 20-ish people that work seasonally to be able to go through the stands raise the money through okay. the raffles raffle ticket sales um, two supervisors that again work part-time and, and help with that and so that was a, that was an entire staff that was not in place prior to my arrival now I'm lucky that I stepped in when the 50/50 raffle had just been Introduced to Kauffman Stadium, so I was able to take it beyond. But, mm-hmm. but truthfully, that was an entire staff that had to be hired, managed, uh, rewarded, praised, and all those things that come with with the that's staff. A lot so, of work. so yeah, that, that's just one example. Um, at the same time that I was coming in, they were looking to dedicate the Royals. Obviously, give us a lot of resources that we're able to use um, that we what we don't have to pay for as a normal nonprofit would have to fundraise and pay for. Um, at the time I was coming in, they were um, putting a, a part-time finance person in place that would help us manage what we expected would be a growing fund. And so, okay. again, that's something that um, that I had to focus on and to learn how to work with and to manage a budget that. Really, no one had managed in a way. <laughs> it, 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 that's not exactly the right way to say it, but it had been managed. It just it, it would be growing, and it's a five hundred one c three within a corporation. And how do you find the expert that really knows how to manage a five hundred one c three budget within a corporation?
0: <laughs> well, it sounds like too. If you with with a lot of the resources you get either. Mm-hmm people's time or Mm -hmm. uh, piggybacking on different ads Mm -hmm. or whatever it is, I'm guessing there has to be some quantifiable aspect of that to put in a report or something. Even if there's not money changing hands, getting the accounting done Mm -hmm. probably isn't easy for something like that.
1: That's correct. Um, I think something that the public generally does not know is that Royal Charities is truly a separate entity. It is a foundation. It is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Obviously we're sitting here in the Royals offices right now so we we get to work out of the Royals office offices. They um, like I said, they pay for salaries. They pay for many things that normally normally a nonprofit budget would have to pay for, but we're lucky enough to have the royal support so we can donate that money back to the community instead.
0: Great.
1: But ultimately we're still responsible at the end of the year for a 990 tax form, like any nonprofit, is Mm -hmm. in town, and we're answerable to the IRS, our board of directors, and ultimately the community, so there's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes to make sure that that all stays the way that it should be.
0: That's very cool, so within that organization, then you probably have a lot of interaction with, uh, number one, every level of the Royals organization, you know, because they probably have ideas of where they would like to focus in the community. Mm and you guys probably have your your plans on, on community focus mm-hmm. and, and then you probably have partnerships coming to you to, right. to look for this. How do you manage all those different <laughs> things and, and interact with, I'm guessing, player representatives and things like that to bring them into the fold?
1: Well, we start by trying to narrow our focus. So that way we have a little bit of a rubric to work from so mm-hmm. that you can manage all of these requests coming in. Because that's the truth of the matter. We get a lot of requests that come to us from everywhere. So our focuses are they're still broad, but our mission statement says that we look to support children, education, youth, baseball, and softball, and the military in the Kansas City area. That enables us to at least just have a framework to start with. Now, I will say that primarily it's the function of my department to go out, do site visits, get to know these nonprofits, accept the grant applications that come in, review the grant applications that come in, um, and then make recommendations to our board of directors who oftentimes um, follows our recommendations with little changes here and there. Occasionally there's um, something that's very near and dear to their heart that year that we just didn't know about, and so we change course just a little bit, but ultimately it's, it's sort of a function of, here's the framework, our department does the research, we present it to the board of directors, and ultimately get our result in terms of what we'll be supporting in the community.
0: Very cool. So is that board uh, the Royals uh, uh, staff typically or is it you know cast individuals uh, with the organization?
1: It's Royals staff and then uh, members of the Glass family beyond oh, okay. people that are actually employed.
0: Excellent. There's just there's so many different directions to go I just <laughs> didn't you know I, understanding how an organization mm-hmm. like yours works mm-hmm. is uh, we don't see this in the 90-second bit sure. about FanFest. No. <laughs> you know, things like that. You mm-hmm. guys are just coming off that, and I'm guessing you had a pretty big role there as as well. How did how did this weekend go? Well,
1: FanFest, <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I am lucky that I don't plan FanFest. Um, it is quite an undertaking, but of course this year was Um, It was unique in that we were honoring the memory of Jordano and also celebrating the excitement of the 2017 season. Um, But the memorial to Yordano was incredible. It was beautiful. I think it gave fans uh, exactly what they needed to take a moment to remember and grieve and send their messages Mm -hmm. to him. Um, And then beyond that, of course, you know, we are a baseball team. We're looking forward to a great 2017 season. So there was a lot of um, chatting with the players about what their expectations are for the year, are we getting excited, what's spring training going to look like, all of that. Um, and then Royals Charities' presence is a little bit smaller, but we still have a presence at FanFest okay. just to talk with the community and let them know, here's what we're doing, here are the organizations we supported in 2016, here are the ways you can support us in 2017. Um, and by the way, stop over and sign up for a Ned Yost autograph ball raffle. We do things like that at FanFest just to kind of
0: engage the fans and Absolutely. and let them know what we're up to. Well, little things like that that lets you build maybe an email list or something like that to of keep course. people current on what you're doing of because. You know, you mentioned the 50-50. Mm-hmm. That's that's an easy one for us to see. But sure. what, are, what are some of the other, um, I, I guess, either events or yeah. items that we may not be seeing that yeah. you guys are going out to do?
1: That's an important question because it is true that, I mean, a lot of people will call me the director of the 50-50 raffle, and I kind of <laughs> laugh because I think, no, there's more to it than that. Um, but yes, we do, uh, the, again, because we are a nonprofit raising money into our fund, we do all the same type of events that just a regular old nonprofit would do in town. So we have an on-field I guess most people don't do it on the baseball field, but we have an on-field gala called Diamond of Dreams where fans basically get to come out and enjoy the outfield. It's restaurants, drinks, um, fireworks at the end of the night, silent auction, all the things that you'd be used to at a a party across town. Mm -hmm.
0: 501 type fundraiser. Exactly,
1: exactly. We do a golf tournament, we do a 5K. Uh, We are uniquely positioned to be able to do a broadcast auction where we're able to bring the auction to people through the Fox Sports Kansas City broadcast. Um, Basically, I would would sum up our events as, we use what we uniquely have here at the Royals to promote our fundraising initiatives. And why wouldn't we? Um, And then beyond that though, some of the things that the public definitely does not see as often is that our corporate sponsorship team, corporate partnership team is always looking for ways to engage the Royals corporate partners with Royals charities. An example of that recently was we announced our new grocery partnership with Price Chopper. Mm -hmm. And within Price Chopper's contract, they wanted to support Royals Charities in a big way. So $100,000 will come annually, as long as that contract is in effect, to Royals Charities to help us further our mission in the community. So they're not just here to get publicity, marketing assets, things like that through the Royals, they wanted to be a partner with the Royals in order to also be a partner with Royals Charities.
0: Very cool. That's another, uh, what a great example of two great local organizations Absolutely. come together mm-hmm. and like you said, yeah, there's an advertising aspect for them. Sure. Sure. That's why I do it, but yeah. it's beyond, it's beyond just the business aspect. That's really neat. Yeah. That it's right up front. It's not a... Uh, It's not an arm bending or a begging type of thing that they want to be involved in those sorts of things. Exactly.
1: And I was going to just add that when corporate partners step up like that at the beginning, it enables us to have even a better idea of what the amount of money is that we'll have to raise or to give out, I should say, every year. Which is nice because, as I've mentioned, uh, we are at the mercy of what the fans and corporate partners give us. Our foundation is is based on how much you all support us. And so that's, that's how we know what we'll give out at the end of the year.
0: I, it makes me wonder if that sometimes, with individuals you speak to, if that is kind of a a a fight, a misunderstanding that when when the layperson looks out here at the stadiums, I think they probably just see these massive amounts of money. Mm-hmm. So they, I'm guessing people assume that well, you're associated with with baseball and you've got millions of dollars at your fingertips, yes. but but you're raising the funding <laughs> that's correct
1: yes and we uh, people do often ask uh, they and they're simply curious they ask is it you know do a portion of the profits of the Royals go to Royals charities and no not in that direct way where we have some percentage of profits that come directly to the Royals but there are many programs as I've mentioned already there are you know besides borrowed staff time and right. um, use of facilities that we don't get charged for obviously the Royals are supportive but there are programs specifically that one that comes to mind is um, the Royals Authentics shop where Mm -hmm. you can buy game-used, autographed things, Um, there's there's an agreement with that shop that a portion of those proceeds do come to support Royals Charities. So even though there's no percentage on... Overall. Uh, overall Royals, profits, whatever that might look like, yeah. there are many ways that the Royals do support us. So I suppose I I, sh- I should be clear that even though it's primarily fan support and corporate partnership support, there certainly is royal support, Absolutely. too. But if the fans don't buy the fifty fifty <laughs> raffle tickets and they don't come <laughs> to our events, we're going to have a lot less money to give out.
0: <laughs> I assume, just because the number of, of games at the fifty fifty is probably a big... Part of the fundraising. It, right? is, it is. Yes,
1: it is. When it um, and 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 quite frankly, when without postseason play, it's incredible to see how quickly the funds
0: drop. <laughs> really? <laughs> Which,
1: yes, it was very interesting. We we ended last year. Um, this is just an example, but from the 2015-2016 season, at the end of the regular season, our 50-50 raffle raised almost exactly the same amount, but without postseason in 2016. That's, I I guess I'm going to be guessing here, but that's got to be about $300,000 that you don't have simply because of postseason play. So when we talk about the postseason and what it does for the community, truthfully, not just the pride, not just the excitement, not just the togetherness, but truthfully, there is... Charitable dollars to be raised from something like postseason—that's
0: uh, kind of a mind blower to me. I never—I you'll always hear about the economic mm-hmm. impact of a playoff game or of something course. like that mm-hmm. in the community, but didn't really think about it that yeah,
1: way. I didn't either until all of a sudden the income wasn't there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, let's uh, let's change focus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really cool. I, yeah, it's that's exactly the kind of thing mm-hmm. I think people need to know yeah. about is is some of the some of the challenges about working in this type Mm -hmm. of environment. Mm -hmm. Now, do you guys have a lot of interaction with with bringing players to events and things like that? that, Can that be a bear to coordinate? Do you have to go through Mm -hmm. their agents for contract things or what?
1: Sure and I'll I'll explain a little bit about how our department works here because the foundation and the fund is is sort of a separate entity as I've talked Mm -hmm. about and then we have what we call our community initiatives Within the Royals, and I think of um, kind of the goodwill events that we do that where money isn't changing hands. We're not making a grant. We're not making a donation. Maybe a, um, a hospital visit. A hospital or visit where like you're that. seeing, you know, okay. photos of the players in the community is really a function of the community side of our department. Now, obviously, we we work hand in hand, but it's a different crew of people that help us orchestrate those things in the community. But to answer your question, yes, it is a bit of a chess match in terms of how um maybe not a match but just the move, the movement of the of pieces is is um is stressful sometimes because we have 81 games our players are um, very deserving of their off days and if yeah. they wanted to spend every minute with their family I don't know that anyone can blame them and at the same time We love to see them in the community Certainly. and see and working with kids and 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 I think most of the players do enjoy that In fact, they're liable to overcommit and oftentimes it's our jobs to <laughs> remind them Let's be realistic about what kind of time you really have to spend in the community and let's do something really meaningful so I think that's more how it is. Sometimes we work directly with the agents. We're lucky enough to um, be able to spend time at batting practice and just catch a guy and ask him if he'd be willing to do whatever visit in the community. And like I said, oftentimes they say yes, and it's more up to us to decide, are we overworking this person? Does he need to take some time off? How can we we help him make an impact in the community without taking away from important things like family time?
0: Sure. Well, and that balance probably is I mean obviously you said you know, they don't get a lot of off days mm-hmm. during a, a season. It's a lot of games. But in the off season, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of the guys do reside here, but some have primary residences outside mm-hmm. of Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So that's another little challenge is maybe when they're gonna be in town to do those things.
1: Yes, I think that when I honestly I think the first year I was here, I don't know that any of them lived in town during the off season and that was challenging really? because um, at least, at least for an extended period of time, um, they all now they do come back sometimes. There are obligations they have through the off season, mm-hmm. so occasionally we can catch them when we know they're going to be here and have them do something quickly for us. But I have noticed a trend that more and more of them are staying in Kansas City during the off season, and I think that'll be good for us
0: as we move forward. Well, I, it feels that way, at least the the surface things that we see out just on the news and everything, and then you know somebody will have an Instagram post or Facebook, hey, I ran into you know Eric Hosmer mm-hmm. or Salvi or, or somebody right. just out mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and that's i think somebody told me the other day they ran into Chris Young at the hardware store yes. you know and things like that i think people really love to see that it, it the the renaissance we've kind of seen in the last mm-hmm. couple of years you mentioned at the beginning for a love for Kansas City a love for everything right. Kansas City including the royals mm-hmm. um I think that's a big part of it, you know? When people feel, especially here in the Midwest, yeah. that these guys are like them. Right. You know, it creates an affinity and it, it bolsters the value of oh, it. Oh definitely. So
1: definitely. And I've been in, in the last week, of course, with having lost Giordano, I have been quite honestly telling any fan that has reached out that, you know, we see we see the loyalty and the love that these fans have for this for this club and we are just beyond honored by it. And you're right, when you see players in the community, when you, you know, Chris Young at the hardware store, you know, you know, that's that's right. He's He, he may be my favorite major league baseball player, but but he's just a guy living in Kansas City like he's me. to buy light bulbs, Exactly, too. exactly.
0: <laughs> well, that's really cool. What um, I, I'm always curious, Marie, whenever when I talk to someone that, you know, really works behind the scenes, what's, what's your favorite part about it? Uh, it's... It could be different than what we know. I don't know.
1: Yeah, this is going to sound kind of dull when I tell you what my favorite part <laughs> is. Uh, well, uh, it's twofold. One is not dull. The other one is. Um, frankly, I do, I do enjoy telling the story of Royals Charities. I very much appreciate the opportunity to be able to get into the community, share what we do, give people a little bit of a better understanding of how it all works, and then ultimately just spread the good word. I feel like just good begets good. If we let people know what we're doing, people will want to support us, and we need that support. Beyond that, though this might be the lawyer in me, I really do enjoy just management of money behind the scenes. I very Get much it. appreciate being a part of of watching it like it were my own checking account and mm-hmm. what do I have to hold on to and and make sure we've calculated for when the tax forms come due. Now, I'm not actually doing the 990 form, I admit. Sure. Someone else is handling that for me. <laughs> but those are the things that I really, I really like to make sure, I guess, you know, that we're doing things the way that we're supposed to be doing. We're following all the rules. We're crossing our T's. We're dotting our I's exactly the way that we're supposed well, to do things.
0: That, that may sound, like uh, you said, it may sound dull. I don't know that that, it, <laughs> that I classify it that way. I think, you know, different people enjoy different things sure. uh, due to their personality. Mm-hmm. And I would think that's exactly what you'd want when you're dealing with the amounts of money that may be going in and out for an organization like this. And A little bit of uh, micromanagement is probably not a bad thing because... <laughs> I I think we've all seen it over the years where a a nonprofit can get in trouble, not even on purpose, not necessarily someone doing something bad, but uh, an inadvertent mismanagement can really hurt. And you guys are tied to an organization that, you know, the reputation is important. Of course. Not just for your arm, but for the whole thing. And if if it wasn't going so great on your side, that's not so great for, for the Royals either. So... That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear that.
1: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I like things like that. It makes, my job, it makes my job easy to enjoy when I have to sit by a hand desk and not be, I mean, I love being out in the community, don't get me sure. wrong, but it makes me at least at least be able to enjoy office time a little bit more, too.
0: Yeah. Well, that's very cool. Well, I'm always curious, especially folks who've been around KC for, for most of their <laughs> lives, I kind of want to know uh, their hidden gems, mm-hmm. things that you think other people should know about. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Well,
1: I think, my hidden gems probably aren't all that hidden, but here's one that's of, okay. <laughs> here's one of my, my big secrets is that I am a pescatarian, so I don't eat meat in a city oh, okay. full of people that love barbecue. <laughs> so actually, one of my biggest joys is spending time, two things, spending time with my boyfriend, eating at restaurants, and finding dishes that are vegetarian, pescatarian friendly in a city where people don't think that's possible. Uh, I often get people who, um, oh, there's a restaurant in town uh, called Cafe Gratitude, and Uh I remember someone asking me, well, how can something like that survive in Kansas City? And I was almost offended because I thought, oh, goodness, no, it's, I know we talk a lot about meat, but it's so wonderful to have options for people that, I'm a big...
0: We're a little more diverse than people understand sometimes.
1: That's right, and I'm a big fan of not only, you know, having diversity in a city, but offering in... But making it a, a city of inclusion and having Absolutely. restaurants like that mean that mean that everyone can feel welcome. But beyond that, um, this is also my boyfriend's fault. Um, I drink more <laughs> coffee now than I ever have in my lifetime and so we just love finding, really I guess maybe it is hidden gems of coffee shops in Kansas City yeah, and there's there so cool many. There. The one that comes to mind that I have, I haven't actually been there yet, he just uh, um, went to it the other day, It's Pirate's Bone, kind of in the middle of um, the Brookside community. Okay. I'm gonna get the street wrong. It feels like it's. I'll
0: have to look that up. I've never yes, heard because that
1: one. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get the crossroads right. But it is. It is just nestled in this tiny little strip of shops in the middle of Brookside. It's a small little store. But anyway, it is. It's exactly things like that. We just really like finding these little shops that you'd never know about and trying their Perfect. coffee. And that's
0: a good one. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> well, that's awesome, uh, Maria. This has been a blast. I it. I don't have a great understanding of nonprofits to start with, so it really is neat to kind of hear behind the scenes mm-hmm. and, and how you guys work with the Royals to, to do so much for the community and I, I don't know it. I think everybody appreciates it. I, I hope they would appreciate a little bit more of what goes into it after this.
1: But. <laughs> well, we, we feel the appreciation from our fans and from our nonprofit communities when we when we give out grants, when we visit organizations. I mean, we, we feel the love. We know it's there. Um, and we are just really proud to be able to be a part of that through an organization like
0: the Royals. Well, very cool. Well, thanks again for for taking the time today out of your schedule and enjoying those numbers and and things at your desk. But I I really appreciate it, and I hope everybody really
1: enjoys this one. Of course. Thanks for thinking of me, Scott. All right.
0: See you. Go Royals. And more importantly, Go Royals Charities. The next time you go out to Kaufman, why don't you consider participating in the 50-50 raffle and watch for ways to support other events throughout the year that Royals Charities are involved in. I'm really thankful Maria was willing to share how her organization works to make our community better. And not only can we be proud of our sports organizations for performing on the field, but also because they're such a great force for good in our city. So thanks again for taking time to listen this week. If you happen to know someone you think would be great on the show, please let me know. You can always find me on Twitter, Facebook, or just email me at scott at Have a great day. I'll see you next time.